0: So welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Dinsley, Head of Communications with NCBI. Um, And as part of this series of podcasts today, I have um, the joy of introducing Holly Chook, who is based in England and is um, currently an assistive technology advisor with the York St. John's University. She herself is registered blind um, due to a condition called retinopathy of prematurity. Um, But what makes Holly? quite distinctive is that she's actually a quite a significant social media influencer so I look forward to, to hearing all about it. Welcome Holly and thanks for joining us.
1: Hi thank you so much for having me.
0: Great great Um I suppose just to kick off the the background there um if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners I suppose how you came to be involved in the in the whole world of, of social media and being described as it now as a social media inf- influencer.
1: Yeah so in 2015 I was in my first year of university and that was the time when I really started to learn to love my vision impairment. I really thrived in that environment and I think kind of as you get older you kind of begin to see the positives in a way and I guess you kind of come to more acceptance. So it was the time for me where I was like you know what my vision impairment has so many positives rather than focusing on focusing on I can't do this. It was more kind of you know what it empowers me to do so many things. So that led me to start my blog, and I really enjoyed writing, so I didn't really know where it would go, and I set up my blog called Life of a Blind Girl and I just enjoyed the process of writing about vision impairment to raise awareness and educate others and hopefully help other disabled people and Over time, people started to read the blog. I didn't think they would, but it somehow kind of got picked up from various people, and people started to leave comments, and it kind of just grew and grew, and which still feels very surreal because. I never thought anyone would really take interest in my ramblings and then last year I was actually named as social media influencer at the RNIB see Differently Awards which is such a title kind of it's such an honour to have that title because I definitely don't really see myself as influential blogging and writing is something I really enjoy doing so to me it's just something that I just really like doing but to be seen as influential is such an honour.
0: Well I- to be honest having read your blog I think you're underselling yourself when you're describing it as ramblings because <laughs> it, um, it, it, there's a huge amount of honesty that comes across in the blogs and also I think a lot of people can can relate to the situations that you're describing because the topics are so varied describing different aspects of your uh, life with the vision impairment be it the the challenges of going to college or tips on how to survive well in college or um, the value of assistive technology in your life or interestingly asking your parents how they felt about raising a child with a visual impairment and, and the shock it was to them to have to um, embark on a journey that they had never anticipated. So I think a lot of people could relate to different aspects of, of your blog.
1: Yeah definitely that's one of the main aims I really want people to relate to what I have to say and hopefully find comfort in a way because when I was younger, I didn't really have any disabled or blind or vision impaired role models to look up to there wasn't really anyone that I could relate to and blogging wasn't a thing to be honest but as yeah. people kind of started to use the internet more and obviously blogging and YouTube became more mainstream obviously disabled people really started to get involved and I think that's where you kind of really started to hear about the people who were living their lives but choosing also to share it online to kind of hopefully help others.
0: It it certainly um, garners a sense of community, um, being so honest in in different blogs, I think, um, and it lends itself to that. And as you describe, um, a few years ago when you were growing up, there were no kind of role models for for you then um, who were blind or vision impaired. And in general, who would you describe as being influencers on you now?
1: So I think the vision impairment disabled communities on Twitter mainly are some of the most influential disabled people that always really inspire me. I know the kind of topic surrounding inspiration and disability is one that we don't always like to discuss and it can kind of you know there's often disagreements surrounding that but those people I would say give me the motivation to really feel empowered by my vision impairment and to love every aspect of it. I think it's okay to admit that yes we all have down days when it comes to our vision impairment but is natural even sighted people have that as well in terms of aspects of their incited life and there are some really amazing people who are doing incredible things on social media so for example ellen from my blurred world dr amy kavanagh from blonde historian and the cane adventures blog and there's just so many amazing people emily davison who are doing some great things but also Those people are kind of showing what it's like to live in a world where you can't see. And as well, I'm influenced by quite a few singers. Unfortunately, I think there aren't many disabled pop stars or people who are in the mainstream media. Obviously, there's more actors and things, but I think we definitely need those kind of singers and people to really be harnessed within the mainstream media. But it would be nice to kind of be influenced by those people. And for me, music has also had a massive impact on. My vision impairment, I always say, it's kind of been the soundtrack of
0: the journey of my vision impairment. It's quite back. Interesting, and you make a very valid point about um, people in the in the music industry. Many of them, um, I, I suppose, the whole the whole issue of disability is, is not raised as publicly in the, in the music world as as it should be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I remember a few years ago. Lady Gaga said she had a chronic illness and obviously the reaction from the disabled community was so mixed because people were like you know this is kind of raising the bar in terms of disability and it's showing that it is in the mainstream media and we do exist and you know we should be talked about.
0: Very much so, very much so and I suppose in terms of um, the, the pressures of being in the world of, of, of social media and um, the, the internet as you know has given us such positivity and the ability to connect with people but there's obviously downsides to the internet too and I suppose from your experience um, is there any particular platform be it Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever um, that you feel your type of blog and experiences and um, lend itself more to and have a more positive uh, experience with?
1: Yeah definitely for me that one is Twitter so that's really also where really use it to share positive stories and also to be influenced by the stories so I try to fill my feed with positive things I try to fill it with the people who that empower me and the people who I look up to also just to kind of really focus on who I'm following and what I fill my feed with because often it can be influenced by people sharing these viral videos but for Sharing the latest TV shows or just kind of sharing their opinions, especially with the way things are now. But is that the content you want to see? So I think it's really important to think about what content you want on your social media and you want to have on your feeds. But for me, I think Twitter is the most positive one out of those.
0: And I'm delighted to hear that because other people would um, have a different experience and feel that Twitter can be a platform that can lead itself to more trolling and that. So, um. Uh, I, I'm delighted to hear that your experience has, be, has been positive on Twitter and long may that last.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I definitely think obviously there often can be some negative experience and it's okay to admit that, you know, we all kind of maybe have those people who say something a bit more negative to us, but I think often we can kind of hopefully look beyond that. But for me, I I would say Twitter is that platform that's been really great and that's where I found a lot of the community.
0: Excellent, excellent. And I suppose the, your um, Life of Blind Girl blog is posted regularly on, on Twitter um, and on all the other platforms. So any of the listeners to this podcast can access them through through those platforms. Isn't that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. So I try to use all of the platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I know Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram are often used kind of more for visual content. But I do try to use them to the best of my ability and make my content on there as accessible as possible. So, for example, on Instagram, I'll always capitalise the first letter of each version in the hashtag. And I'll also add image descriptions as well to benefit line of vision paired followers just like me.
0: And interestingly, how accessible do you find the, the different social media platforms?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting one and something that I think is improving over time. So Instagram didn't really used to be that accessible. There was a time where it didn't have any option to add image descriptions or alt text to photos. So we were kind of relying on people's captions and the same for Facebook as well. And it is improving, but I do think there is a long way to go. So, for example, Facebook stories and Instagram stories where people kind of upload little clips of the day and just little highlights, they aren't accessible. And I do feel like a lot more could be done in terms of that although they are improving I still think there is a way to go.
0: Fair point point. And, and in terms of Twitter do you feel that that's a quite an accessible platform?
1: Yeah I think the only problem with Twitter is the image description feature so Facebook and Instagram have artificial intelligence where if someone doesn't add an image description screen readers will give a generated kind of automatic description of what It is, the pictures showing, often they can be really vague, they aren't always correct, but it's something. Whereas on Twitter, if a person doesn't write a description themselves, screen readers will just say image, so obviously they're kind of missing out on that content. But do you think, in terms of that, there is some improvement to be made there?
0: Interesting. And I suppose not only is there um, an education piece there to the social media platforms and companies to make their sites as accessible as possible, but also for the users to remember the importance of alt text on images to ensure that people who are using screen readers get access to that piece of content as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I always think just because we can't see it, it doesn't mean to say we don't want to access it. And it's really important to include everyone in your content because you never know who might want to see it and who might want to kind of interact with it.
0: Correct, correct. And I suppose um, from your experience, what tips in general would you give to uh for, for websites to be more accessible?
1: Yeah, website accessibility is something I'm really interested in. So obviously you said that I work as an assistive technology advisor. So some of that is kind of covering accessibility, but in terms of my own personal life, web, website accessibility is one of my keen interests actually. So things like adding image descriptions as well as social media, add them to the t- images on your website, make them clear and concise really describe what the image is showing. Also make sure your website can be navigated using a keyboard. So screen reader users use the keyboard rather than a mouse. So it's really important to that they can navigate using the keyboard. So using things like headings, can we skip through the content like that? Can we skip through the content using links? And making sure that all links and labels and buttons are all labels because there's nothing more frustrating than going onto a website and it just saying button link. And you're kind of like, well, where is this going to take me if I click it? But I think it's just making sure everything is labelled and making sure as well that your text boxes and forms are all accessible. So if you have a contact form or a search box, is that labelled correctly? Is that accessible? So if someone needs to search your website or get in contact with you using the form, you're not excluding them from that and I just say overall make accessibility a priority it can so often be an afterthought or not considered at all but it benefits everyone
0: and I suppose it, it, it's really um the reality that when building websites that it be done from the the get-go as opposed to as an add-on as, it, as you rightly describe is so important um but also the whole importance of um essentially retrofitting your website to make sure that it is becomes as accessible as possible.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's okay to admit if you don't know as much about accessibility, you know, everyone's learning and there's all things, always things we don't know about and there's often things we don't have as much knowledge on, but reach out to people and say, you know, can I reach out to someone who can test my website? Can I make use of a company who does that kind of thing? And just think about what can I do to make my website as accessible as possible?
0: And is there any websites you feel are kind of um, in the, the gold standard area of accessibility, websites that we people would, would regularly use, for example, but would not yet necessarily use them through a screen, screen reader like you would? Is there any companies that you can think of that um, you're impressed with their level of accessibility?
1: Yeah, so one of the main ones, I know we always go on about it and people have a love or hate relationship with it but for me Amazon is one of the most accessible so you can navigate using a keyboard you can navigate using headings all the links buttons and boxes are all labeled but also all the site related charities I know they take a lot of time to put their websites and make sure that they are accessible and you can really tell that so they are definitely worth checking out even if you don't have site loss you can see what's been done and hopefully you can use those as a useful resource And as well, things like the NHS website is a really good example. Over the years, that's definitely improved and it's become more accessible. And there's other things like news websites are definitely improving. And in terms of things like image descriptions, those are improving on the websites as well. So there's a lot of examples up there. And I do like to think that things are getting better and people are hopefully taking more notice of accessibility. So hopefully things will improve.
0: I agree, I think things are, are moving in the right direction. Of course, it'll take um, a, a time to, for it to be perfected, but certainly things are, are moving in the right direction. Um, I really enjoyed our, our, our chat, Holly, um, and I suppose just to let our, our listeners know in, in Ireland that um, our the NCBI Labs t- team, which is the uh, technology department of NCBI, um, is always available for anybody who's interested in, accessing assistive technology support or training um, and they can be accessed through our info service uh, which is 1850 43 53 and um, that's the same number to get access any of ncbi services but certainly the area of technology is is one that uh, we are being very proactive in at the minute um, and i would certainly echo many of the things holly is saying there around accessibility and making um, mainstream technology as accessible as possible as well as the importance of assistive technology. Um, and I, I suppose, Holly, just to to thank you for, for having a chat with us today and um, to congratulate you again on being the social media influencer um, and best of luck in continuing with that. And I would encourage anybody to log on to your website, com, or follow you on any of the social media channels.
1: Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to chat.
0: Thank you. And I suppose, would you mind just um, reminding listeners what's the, uh, what are, is your Facebook channel and Twitter handle?
1: Yeah, sure. So my Facebook is just Life of a Blind Girl, but Twitter is slightly more complicated. It's Life of a Blind Girl, but without the I in girl, because there's not enough characters on Twitter. But all my social media links are on my website.
0: Excellent. Um, and you're also on Instagram as well.
1: I am yeah that's just life of a blind girl.
0: Excellent thank you again Holly I really really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.